Welcome to episode 236 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. Uh, this is an introduction to our summer shorts in favorite fields. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up the night sky. And this podcast is for anyone else who likes going out under the stars. So, you know what this kind of reminds me of, Shane, is, is that Simpsons episode. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm one of the few people, uh, like I watched Simpsons for the first few seasons when it came out and then I just sort of faded away. So this was, but, in, I think this was in one of the first seasons where for whatever reason, I can't remember why, but the, the, uh, the ship ends up on the rocks and it was carrying a load of hot pants and Lenny's <laughs> standing there on the beach looking at everybody saying who likes short shorts and they all, everybody from, uh, from the Simpsons town runs down and, and puts on really short shorts and starts dancing crazy. <laughs> well, you know, no better intro for our, our, our summer shorts specials. <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing here? Well, um, we're going to try releasing some shorter episodes, probably around 15 ish minutes. Um, so normally we churn out 40, well, I'd say maybe 30 to 50 minute episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to do some shorter ones and really the compromise or the options in front of us, cause you and I, it's summertime, we're getting busy. We're not always available to record, uh, episodes. So either we take a break and don't put out any episodes or we shorten the length, record a bunch of them in one day, and then we can kind of release them you know, with our regular cadence. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what we've chosen. We're going to give it a try. Uh, we're certainly interested in everybody's feedback. Uh, if yeah. this is good, bad, or otherwise. And, um, you know, we'll make adjustments as we always do if needed, but I think this will be fun, you know, and it'll help focus us probably, uh, mm -hmm. to stay on topic a little bit and, yeah. uh, provide some, you know, good, useful stuff for summer observing. Yeah, because we've recorded, people may not realize this, and I think people are often surprised when we were talking to Brian Ventrio last week, and and we said, well, we, we got to go record another one. He's like, whoa, you guys do another one? And when does this come out? It comes out tomorrow. Whoa. Like, it really kind of comes out at a pretty rapid fire pace. And we've been doing this now. I think we've recorded either one or two episodes um, or three episodes, some weeks, every week since uh mid-April of 2020, eh? So that's two mm -hmm. years and like three months or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um it wasn't it wasn't a, a big deal when we were under pandemic restrictions because there just wasn't a lot of options to do things. <laughs> but now that the world's opening up, uh, you and I are getting busier, especially during our precious uh, summer months here. So it, it would be nice for us to have uh, some free weekends. For example, I'm going camping next weekend, so we wouldn't be able to record next weekend. And mm -hmm. uh, this will allow us to get some episodes out. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also got other other astronomy commitments. I'm, I'm trying to finish my first RASC observer's calendar as the uh, primary editor. I was the assistant editor last year and have fully taken over the editorship. And this is the, this is the month where we uh, sort of dot the I's and cross the T's and Dave Chapman, who's, who's one of our listeners and, and sometimes guest uh, and, and certainly frequent uh, sender of great emails to us. Um, he's, he's offered to give me a little bit of a hand with it. So I appreciate that. And uh yeah. Uh, this week, Shane, any, any equipment updates before we get going with this first, uh, summer short? Um, no, nothing yet. I I've, uh, I'll wait till I receive some items and then we can talk about them. Yeah. I received my 22 millimeter Nagler from con scope in Toronto. And I gotta say, I messaged Ray on Friday 
afternoon, I think it was. It was either very late morning or early afternoon. And uh, I'd been looking at a 22 Nagler for about five years and had decided to buy one right before the pandemic. And then, of course, when the pandemic hit, I bought a pack, a Hashi uh, 4-inch, and then everything went out of stock. And so I haven't been able to get one. Ray Khan had one in stock. Uh, I confirmed that. And then um, placed my order and thought, well, hopefully it gets here sometime because shipping hasn't been the best during the pandemic and there's a lot of shipping challenges even more so with air in uh, in canada right now for those that are watching the news in canada and uh that ip showed up on monday morning <laughs> so wow. it showed up less than 24 business hours later so it shipped out on friday afternoon about uh two o'clock my time which is i think three or four o'clock uh, raise time and it arrived here by uh, before noon on Monday. So if anybody's looking for fast shipping and uh, and some pretty good prices here in Canada, Conscope, uh, yeah, they're, they're having some interesting sales and Ray's uh, was great to deal with. So hats off to him. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. Uh, that's a really good turnaround. Yeah, I told him I'd give him a shout out on the show. He said he'd check it out. I'll see if he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's start our first, uh, our first short session. So... Uh, I came up with this, <laughs> the actual astronomy top 10 ways to enjoy summer stargazing. And, uh, yeah, maybe you have, maybe you have some other things to chime in on, but, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you think about, uh, making a plan? What do you think about making a plan to observe? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's super important. Um, it's not required, but for me, uh, I do like to be a bit organized, um, when we go out observing, um, <clears throat> it's a little different when I'm in the backyard because those are kind of infrequent and a little less formal. But when I am traveling to a dark sky location, um, I certainly like to have a list of objects that um, I want to observe. Uh, those usually are not the only objects I observe, but I certainly want to make sure there's some prioritized uh, things that I probably haven't seen before. And, uh, you know, I always, I always have those prepared in advance so that when it, you know, darkness hits, I know exactly what I'm doing. So what's your, what, what are you looking to observe the summer? Maybe there's, there's, I know you were looking for a Cirrus B in the winter. Is there a summer Cirrus B? Are you going to look for the companion to Antares or are you going to look for mm -hmm. like a nebula or something like what's your top thing or top things to see this summer? Um, well, the, there's always like, uh, this is kind of my miscellaneous catch all, but it's the, uh, hidden treasures by uh, Stephen James O'Meara. Okay. Uh, I'd like to keep working through that. And, uh, yeah, Antares, uh, is high on my list to try to split that with my new TSA 102, or at least new to me. Um, and, and, you know, between, uh, O'Meara's list and then Antares, I think that it will certainly keep me busy, uh, at the dark sky locations. And then, in the backyard, it's really lunar and, and double star observing. So I uh, will continue to work through the RASC double star uh, observing list there. Cool. Yeah. How about you? you? Yeah. Um, so I've got my comet catcher. It's actually sitting under a rain cover right now because we, for some reason, this weather has been the pits. Um, it's been beautiful, clear, sunny days, followed by cloudy and intermittent rain shower evenings. So even though last night it said, no chance of rain. I was burned by that two nights ago. And I, I did sit up and did a little observing and then covered up a little bit. And then right before this podcast, it kind of started showering. So I put uh, a garbage bag over the comet catcher, which was already in a silver garbage bag. So it's well protected. But I want to 
look at my wide field objects, my wide field wonders list. I'm, I'm going to revisit that and I'm going to do sketches um, using the uh, white pastel on black uh, paper. So that's uh, that's my goal for the summer. We'll see how it goes. But you mentioned dark site. So why why should people bother trying to go to a dark site if if they have a decent site, maybe in their backyard in a city or or somewhere else? Well, why bother getting out to a dark site? Well, it depends what you want to observe. If you're looking at uh, planets, lunar or double stars, you know, your backyard under any form of light pollution is fine. But if you want to look at nebulas or galaxies or clusters, uh, particularly globular clusters, dark skies just really enhance what you're able to see. Um, the light pollution washes out those objects and hides a lot of the detail. Mm -hmm. um, so getting outside of the cities or away from light pollution is key to observing a lot of deep sky objects. Yeah, and I often have heard this from um, people that have taken my astronomy class, which is that when we when we just get outside of the city, even like 15 or 20 minutes, they're always uh, rather surprised um, how different the sky looks, uh, especially um, even those that use telescopes, um, you know, tend to uh, tend to be rather surprised at uh, at the additional detail, like in in objects maybe they've become familiar with, like the double cluster, the two clusters up in Cassiopeia on the Perseus border. Um, they, uh, you know, they, they get used to what they look like in the city and then they come out to the country and they're like, whoa, you know, you can really, really see them. So, uh, but if people, maybe they're not used to getting out of the city or, or you know, uh, they observe alone, what, what's a good way that people can uh, meet other people out at dark sites under the stars during the summer? Well, uh, two options. Join a local astronomy club if, if there is one near you. Um, and then often there's uh, emails exchanged within the club to arrange observing uh, sessions. Uh, but mm -hmm. another way to do this is to attend a star party. Um, they're all yeah. over the place. Um, so you know, you might have to do an internet search to find one near you. Um, but when there's a star party, uh, you know, it'll be around a new moon weekend typically, and it will bring astronomers in from all over. And, uh, you know, astronomers are uh, usually pretty friendly and, and social. So when you get there, you know, it's not uncommon to just wander around and, you know, introduce yourself and talk to people you haven't met and also look through their gear. And uh, it's a great opportunity to um, not only engage with some folks, but just try out some different things that you don't own. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great way to put it. Um, that's also one of those things that I think people wait too long uh, to do. It was, that was sort of the first astronomy event that I ever went to. I went to a star party up in uh, Funday National Park, um, which I see is still going on. I wrote them this week to find out what their dates are for 2023. But uh, yeah, getting out to, to a dark site and getting to a star party is just, if you're into looking at the stars uh, there's nothing else that's like it because you're going to just be surrounded by um, other people. And at least in my case, even still, you're surrounded by lots of people who are more experienced than you are. And uh, you're really going to uh, take a lot away. It's really going to advance your astronomy um, super quick because, you know, as, as maybe you're looking at something and the best thing to do is to go around. You, it, it's, it's a semi-social event. It's quite social. Um, but you can walk around, you can either observe on your own, or you can walk around and look through other people's telescopes. And that's pretty much what I do when I go to these things and, uh, see what other people are using for gear and see what other people are observing and then look through their telescopes. And often people have, uh, their telescopes pointed at stuff and you look in, I don't see anything. And I say, what are we looking at? You know, and they, they give you a bit of a rundown and, and get you to do the, 
be IHOP from star to star to star to land on a faint galaxy or, or something rather or a double star. And yeah, it's a, it's a really, really great way to build your astronomy skills by getting exposure to dozens or sometimes hundreds of other observers and, and what they're looking at. And I, I can't recommend it enough. Personally, I actually think joining a club is, is fine. In my mind, it's kind of optional. I really don't do much with clubs anymore. But, uh, but getting out to star parties, yeah, I'm, I'm at two or three star parties every year. Uh, that's, that's what I like to do and, uh, and, and highly, highly recommend it to uh, any of the listeners. If you haven't done it already, um, you know, but maybe you've been going to some club meetings or, or watching Zoom meetings, I uh, can't stress it strongly enough. So uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun really going to star parties. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. What else, Shane? Getting out those binoculars. Yeah. Binoculars are a great way to, uh, to observe the sky. A lot of people have binoculars. I think more people have binoculars than people that have telescopes and, um, you know, any binoculars will enhance your view of the night sky. So, um, you know, bringing those along with you with a comfortable chair that allows you to recline in, uh, is a really nice setup um, uh, for for looking at the night sky. But it, you know, if you're out uh, at a dark site, you're you might be camping or staying overnight. Um, so the binoculars actually perform double duty. Uh, you know, during the daytime, you can observe wildlife or uh, you know other interesting um, uh, objects out there. Yeah, yeah. The getting getting the binoculars out, like even if you don't have a telescope, go camping. Take your binoculars with you, and getting a, a reclining lawn chair. Number five, getting that reclining lawn chair is uh, definitely that. That's one of the huge um, booms to my visual observing. I went to a star party. That's where I actually found out about reclining lawn chairs. I never knew you could even get a reclining lawn chair. The only lawn chairs I was familiar with for camping are just those cheap fold up ones, but, uh, there's all kinds out there. If you know, know what and where to look, but if you search for a reclining lawn chair, you get one of those and, uh, and take that observing that's, that's, you know, your seat to the universe. Really. It is a, a huge, huge game changer. Right? Yeah, for sure. It makes it a lot more comfortable. And, and if you don't have that, you know, you sort of strain your neck a little bit and it's, uh, it's just not as fun. So having a reclining mm-hmm. chair really, uh, we'll keep you out there and and probably even make your binocular holding a little more steady, which is, uh, you know, a, a welcome thing. Number six, doing some summer reading. Do you have any astronomy summer reading that you've uh, got on the bookshelf to do? Um, yeah, I've always got a pile of books um, that I probably, you know, I, I order books at a faster rate than I read them typically. Yeah, but, I think me um, too. The, uh, the year-round Messier Marathon is new to my collection, so oh, I'll yeah. probably do some That's reading there. Book. Um, I have some double star books, the, I think it's the double star anthology that I enjoy paging through. Um, but another one it's, it's age old. It's, it's Burnham's, uh, celestial guides. Uh, there's uh, three books in the series. I have them on my Kindle. So they, you know, pack very easily. And, uh, during the daytime when we're out camping, I'll often read the descriptions in there of what I want mm. to observe, uh, just for a different perspective to see, uh, how Burnham saw it. Yeah, actually, funny you should say that. I I was reading, uh, you know, Burnham's last night. I I grabbed my uh, my copy that I have. I actually wore uh, my first edition out that I had. It was just a paperback, and I was able to find a pristine hard copy when I lived in Ontario. And uh, yeah, I kind of started going through it last night, and uh, it's just just magical. Uh, Copyright 1976, and it's amazing because at the start of the book, he goes on about how as soon as this book goes to print, it will be out of date. And he kept that in mind when he wrote it. 
And uh, so although much, some of the information is out of date, like sort of the general descriptions and the, the photographs and the objects and everything, um, that that doesn't change. So only uh, maybe 10% of the book or 15% of the book is is no longer usable, but the rest is incredibly enjoyable, especially the first book, very enjoying uh, to read his introduction and Milky Way, get some summer Milky Way time in. We're going to do um, a little bit on this summer Milky Way in uh, in the next episodes. And you uh, did you put Observe Saturn in or did I put that in? You you put that in, yeah. Going to observe Saturn this summer? Opposition's what, like the 13th of August or something? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Saturn and then, um, you know, th- that's towards the end of summer, but uh, following that is also Jupiter and Mars. Um, in fact, really Jupiter and Mars in the kind of later night or earlier morning, um, mm-hmm. it would be fantastic too. So, uh, don't, don't sleep on those planets. <laughs> That's right. You'll be, you'll be gasping for air. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine, number nine, what's number nine on our list of uh, things to do this <laughs> summer for observing Shane? Well, shameless self promo, <laughs> listen to our summer short series. Um, so there'll be more coming and, and we're going to talk about some different things to actually look at and, and just how to observe the Milky way and a few other things. And number 10 is write to actual astronomy at gmail.com with your short ideas um, to win. Oh, now it looks like our 15 minutes is up. <laughs> <laughs> there's no price oh you son of a gun <laughs> all right well thanks Shane thanks everybody for listening and yeah send us in your uh, observations on your summer plans and uh, if you uh, you know and are enjoying the series let us know if you're not let us know that too we appreciate all the feedback that our listeners give us thanks so much thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show if you are interested in more information would like to contact us or if you would like to support the podcast check out our website, actualastronomy.com.